Scott and Paul Show, episode 29, or whatever this is. I'm going to redo the code opening. I already fucked it up. Um, What is this? 29. Fuck, I did it right the first time. <clears throat> this is why I don't have sex that often. Scott and Paul Show, episode 29. Let me do that again. <laughs> Scott and Paul Show, take three, code opening. Scott and Paul Show, episode 29. Seriously, Ubisoft, how hard is it to make a video game into a movie? You already have a storyline, you already have a blueprint, hell, you already have cutscenes that you just really have to refilm with live actors, but yet you managed to screw it up anyway. Well, you are Ubisoft after all. It's part of the course. Scott Paul Show. the most difficult thing on earth to carry a concept over from a series that is basically cinematic to begin with <laughs> to the cinema. So, I mean, the, we, uh, the, the whole of the fucking movie is going to take place in the present day. Apparently this is the big bitch folks. Assassin's Creed, a series where everybody hated Desmond until they killed the main fucking character. Because the backlash, everybody hated the future sequences and hated playing as a little bitch. And we're going to have 65% of the movie, which I know it's not Desmond, but we're still going to have 65% of the movie in the present day. And the other 35% is apparently going to take place in 15th century Spain. The thing that everybody, that one of the key aspects that made the game that everybody liked was that you played in the past. That's where all the excitement was. That's where all the action was. Well, what does Ubisoft Films, whoever the fuck is making this, who do they team up with? I can't remember. Was it Sony? Sony Pictures. They decided, well, let's flip this bullshit. Let's have everything happen in the present. Yeah, that's how we make a great fucking movie. That's what the people want. That's how we make a great movie about historical assassins by making yeah, it in the present. We'll make it in the present. You dumb fucks. Yeah. I mean, it's 65% in the present day, which means I'm 65% less interested. And I was only 70% interested to begin with. Uh, Michael Fassbender and a few tidbits kind of caught my attention i thought well, maybe they can pull this off and here we go we'll have 35 percent cheaper budget 
is what that's exactly what that is it's it's a budget issue because historically video game movies haven't fared well callum lynch well it's definitely a name even it's just like showtime trash it's definitely going to be uh faring lesser now because you just told it hey the uh producer here he done fucked up too but she just told everybody what they did not want to hear. Yeah. If you would have flipped it the way it should have been done, well, if we did uh, 35% of the film takes place in present day because we followed the simple logic in the video game where, well, we need all the information to take place in the ambience. Where the fuck the damn gimmick is they got. So go back and find out what your fucking ancestor did so we can understand where the shit is so we can get it. So get back in the fucking machine and find it. How how fucking hard is that? No, you can't do that. The fucking games are 17 fucking hours long. You can't do that in a two-fucking-hour movie? Well, no. Because we're fucking Ubisoft. We can't even do a fucking movie right. Let's quote star Michael Fassbender. There are certain things that we absolutely want to respect in the game, but we also want to bring new elements to the game. This isn't a video game that we're making. We're trying to make a cinematic experience. So there are new things that we have to introduce. Um, Right, but no one's expecting you to make a video game. We're expecting you to have the spirit of the video game, which to me, Assassin's Creed, I'm not a huge fan of the story itself, but I am... Very, I am a big fan of the concept. It's like the Matrix. I'm fucking not a fan of the story at all. In the first movie, I was two and three sucked ass, but the concept was always great in all three movies. It's just the execution was piss poor, and this is what we're running into here. It's just, it's you take a great cool concept and you're gonna fuck it up, plain and simple. And then uh, who the fuck is this Crowley fellow? Executive producer Pat Crowley. Crowley, I'm sorry. That's the that's the dumbass who told everybody 65% of the game will take place in present day. That's yeah. the one who fucked up. He says, quote, often when movies are made of video games, people don't spend the money. They just they don't spend the time because they go, they're gamers. Just do the game on screen and they'll like it. But we really feel since those often those haven't been very successful that we had to step up. See, and we already called it. Um, we knew we had to spend money so that people wouldn't feel it was just like it was just a rip off of the game. Most video game movies, in fact, are not the game on screen. They're extremely far from the source material. The uh, one blistering example I can think of is Doom, and that was atrocious. But Mario, was... Super Mario Brothers, very, very, very vaguely was that the game on the screen? <laughs> uh, Double Dragon, mm-hmm. Greasers punching bad guys, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think of when I see Double Dragon. Are you even starting a garage and they have the greaser haircut? I'm just saying. It's, yeah, Double Dragon. They're, to, me, to me, those weren't the game on screen. I mean, look at the Goombas. Look at Koopa. Look at all that shit. <clears throat> and uh, I'm pretty sure fucking Yoshi. my brain mental scar tissue is preventing me from remembering anything about Double Dragon other than the freaking poster. So... Yeah, I mean, it's they're overthinking it is what it is. They're overthinking it, and they're on the cheap. I don't blame them for getting on the cheap, but they're overthinking a very simple concept, what you just explained. So, But hey, it might turn out great. Who knows? 
Maybe, what is it? Abstergo? Is that the name of the company? Maybe they'll put a twist on it. I don't know. The twist, the twist is you can suck my balls because this movie <laughs> is fucking shit. How hard is it? God damn. You know what's sad? The one guy who came closest to fucking doing this right is fucking Paul, Paul Anderson. That's terrible. That is terrible. Yeah, Mortal Kombat was kind of the game on screen. Resident Evil came fucking closer. Yeah, about 80% of it. So Until he went super... But those are financially successful. With, with his else. girlfriend? See, that, that doesn't even go with him. All the REs have been successful at the box office. I'm not saying they've set the world on fire, but they've made money, and so did Mortal Kombat 1. So... Well, technically, well, he didn't write might have made money by the time you factor in VHS sales, but yeah, eh, whatever. Assassin's Creed, I'm much less interested. How? how, Oh my god! Right here, let's spend 100 percent less time on Assassin's Creed now. How can you fuck this up so hard? (laughs) It's it's Hollywood. It's not that fucking hard to do it. Just look at what they did in the game. Yeah, no one's no one's wanting them to put the camera right behind the guy's back and follow him the whole movie. That's not what no, anybody is saying. No. Fuck, so. just watch the cutscenes and say, okay, I got it. Go on fucking YouTube. Some douchebag has already put all the fucking cutscenes together to make a movie out of it. Okay, yeah, this is the this, basic story concept, right? An original script following that game plan, that blue, blueprint, and roll with it. Do that. Yeah. It's not that hard. In fact, they already have the storyboards. I mean, it's the uh, storyline written out there. Fucking do that. So well, I'm going to make the most basic summary of the theme of Assassin's Creed, hand it to a talented writer, and say, make a movie that follows this thread. The fucking end. Bank that shit. Well, no, no we no, can't no. do that. We got to fuck it up. We're we all got to make it something new. Uh, yeah, Hollywood the, the, wants to get new now. <laughs> yeah, the new thing is, well, we got to fuck it up. We're Hollywood. I mean, it's like when Kevin Smith went to Warner Brothers and they were asking him to fucking write Superman. He's like, well, why don't you go and and have all the fucking comic book writers write it? Because, I mean, these guys have been writing these books for years. Some of them have been here for like 10 years. Why don't you have them do it? Oh, no, those are comic book guys. What the fuck do they know about writing a movie? Well, I don't know, considering their media is a fucking storyboard. (laughs) You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah. 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 So, And And there's stories in comic books that I'll put up against, you know, any practically any movie I've seen. So, for the most part, I'd have to really sit down and think about it. And and most literature, honestly, and I've read—I mean, I've read quite a few books. And when you talk about story and theme and plot and character development, there are some very, very well done comics. In fact, there's many. It's not just some, many. So, but it's speaking, a different format. Speaking of shit, but Garth Edwards. Now that's a shitty fucking director. Yeah. You get something like Godzilla. And so this fucker decides, okay, you got this epic fucking fight with Godzilla and this other monster. And as soon as they get ready to fucking bash heads, we're going to cut to some fucking douchebag in Peru watching the fucking fight. 
Who the fuck? Who the fuck thinks that's great? Garth fucking Edwards. That's who. He's not related to you, is he? No. I wonder if they just sat back and like thought it was funny. Because it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't no. funny at all. I was like, I was into the movie until that point. That was the moment that broke me. I was kind of swinging when they took out um, the meth guy from TV, Breaking Bad, when he died. I thought, okay, kind of not, kind of surprised here, but I'll, I'll, I'll assimilate this and we'll see how this plays. And then it's like, oh, we're gonna cut away from the awesome fight. And from that moment on, I knew I wouldn't go see Harley Jack shit of Godzilla himself. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. Well, it was a uh, Ubisoft budget thing. Yeah, yeah. They they probably saw that Godzilla took up like 80% of the screen time in all the previous movies and thought, let's do the opposite. Yeah, let's do that. This it's is 11 a, fucking minutes well, of screen time. That's official, have, by the way. It's 11 minutes and some change, but that's how long he's on screen in a two-hour movie. We it's have to bring new based. elements to this. Yeah. And we want the people, the, the feel for the humans in, in this movie. I got news for you, dumb fuckers. See, Hollywood always has this thing where we, we want you to feel for these characters. I hear this shit all the time with these dumb fuckers doing these interviews where, like, in the new Friday the 13th films and all that, we want you to feel for these characters. Yeah, Nobody gives a fuck shit. about any of these goddamn campers. We want them exactly. to fucking die. Exactly. We want everybody in Freddy to fucking die. We but want everybody in Jason that, to die. We want everybody in, in fucking Halloween to die. Everybody to die a brutal fucking death. We want Godzilla to stomp on everybody's fucking house and kill them. We and don't they don't waste time on anybody. any development anyways. They keep talking about how we want you to feel for these guys and they have piss poor character development. I mean, other than crying over his dead dad, what did what did the kick-ass do? He made it from point A to point B. That's all he did. There he wasn't spent more time with somebody else's kid than he did his own. I kind of buy that because that was the whole, that was supposed to be in somebody's mind his journey. They just fucking failed miserably in the execution of it. Aaron well, that, isn't that fucking Garth Edwards' job as a director to sit there exactly. and, yes, and say, "Hey, this does not make sense. Go back and rewrite this." Was King Kong financially like successful? I'm sure it was. Uh, I don't know. But King Kong is way tinier than Godzilla. Yeah, they'll fix that. They'll find. They'll just. They'll just do it. Retcon. Well, I mean, you know, we got the the old movie. He was just as big as Godzilla. No, he wasn't. Which 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 one are you Godzilla talking about? King Kong? Which one? The Godzilla versus King Kong. That was also a retcon. Well, yeah, I'm just. They had to make him bigger, but in the original, original, like yeah. Right, he was like thirty or forty feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, had. To I mean, I'm just saying. Well, and there were two different versus... endings to to King Kong versus Godzilla. The American uh, version, Kong walks away to victor and japanese king so that it it depends on which one yeah you're looking at was a fucking terrible fucking decision for king kong to whip him he's a fire-breathing radioactive dragon dinosaur so the real ending of 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 king kong versus godzilla is the japanese version right not the american version damn anyway garth edwards 
has played with Godzilla 2. Thank God. Unfortunately, this dumb fucker is still doing Rogue One. So I'm sure as soon as you see a fucking you know, TIE fighter or a Star Destroyer, they're going to fucking cut away. Or Vader. Or Vader. As soon as Vader shows up, they're going to cut away. Yeah. As soon as Han sees a fucking blaster, he's going to cut away. I say someone needs – see, this is why I should be a Hollywood exec. I'd be like, damn, this guy done fucking jump ship. Who else would make a good movie about giant fucking creatures beating the fuck out of each other? No, Peter Jackson. Can you think of anybody? Well, Peter Jackson's, yeah. Hmm, Del Toro maybe? Here's an idea. Godzilla Del Toro would be Pacific Rim. <laughs> Let's do all three of them. <laughs> fuck it. We've had the versus movies for a while now. Let's do a triple versus. We haven't gone there yet. We have not done a triple threat versus Matt movie, have we? We've had a triple threat versus TV series, right? What's the one with Bruce Campbell? Which I haven't watched. Ash versus the Evil Dead. Okay, I'm yeah, my bad. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of fan projects now. Anyways, yeah, just fucking Ash versus Godzilla on. versus the Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah. And fucking Yagers from Pacific Rim. Just do it. <laughs> and go ahead and make the fucking aliens from Pacific Rim. Yeah, they're the assholes from Independence Day. We tried something different. <laughs> it's clo- I mean, they look pretty close. Just go ahead and roll with it. And at the end, you got Yagers like using laser Shoryukens on fucking Independence Day spaceships while Godzilla and King Kong smash the mothership to pieces trying to kill each other. And then Godzilla rips King Kong's head off. So whatever, just saying. Let's do this. But anyways, what I think about Edwards leaving the project, good. He never should have been on there to begin with. Where did they find that dumb fucker at anyway? He made that, uh, what was it called, Monsters? About the people trying to travel through like semi-post-apocalyptic South America to Mexico to Texas or something. And there was some sort of weird aliens that had kind of invaded the earth, but they weren't exactly evil. They were just like nature. The made district. It was a decent flick. I liked it. But other than that, I haven't liked the other movie he did. I don't, I, that's all I know he's done. Whatever happened to the dude that made District 9? Uh, I mean, he made Chappie, and that kind of hurt his. Oh, yeah, Chappie. Which I like Chappie. I thought Chappie was all right. Um, I thought District 9 and Chappie were good. District 9, way better. But Chappie was still pretty good. I liked it. I would watch Chappie again. What was the second movie he made after that? Mm, one with... Um, attached to the next alien. The one with um, Jason Bourne. And he did the Halo shorts too, didn't he? Yeah, he did the Halo... I don't know if it was a short. He did something with Halo. Um, the one I'm basically... is basically kind of like... Elysium... Elysium, yeah, that was good. Moderately positive reviews and good box office return for Elysium. I just hit, I just now got the um, Wikipedia loaded up. So. I liked it. I have not seen Elysium. Is that Matt Damon? Yeah. Not, so, not Jason Bourne, but Matt, Matt Damon. He's made three feature films District 9, Elysium, and Chappie. So, I'm pretty sure Chappie tanked. 
I think the big thing that people didn't like about Chappie, like I'm trying to remember from memory here, was the um, the British like meth using type gangbangers or whatever that took him in. Um, a lot of people got like really annoyed with him in the reviews, from what I remember reading, and that was the big turnoff for a lot of people. Well, it was for me initially, but I got over it pretty quick because I don't know. I just liked it. I knew that they were going to kill the robot, so I didn't watch it. That's not a spoiler. I just just by looking it's, at the trailers, I'm pretty sure that they are going to kill the robot. Just away from looking at it, so. But here, <laughs> from looking at this, I have a question. Since we were talking about shit in the beginning, let's go to something that could be shit just from looking at it. Missile Command and Centipede may, will be future films. I can see how you can make a Missile Command movie. Centipede? Uh... Um, um, unless it's an anime film, I don't know how the fuck you can do this. Scott, um, pitch me Centipede, the film. Give uh, me your uh, elevator pitch. Elevator pitch. Let's make a movie, okay? And there's going to be some, uh, like, giant worm-like creatures that eat people. Yeah, maybe centipedes? You sound like a good idea? It doesn't have to be like trimmers, though. <laughs> there, we're in the elevator. This is what we're doing. And uh, I got it. Monsanto. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, here you go. Like, Monsanto, the evil corporation, room. crossed the last farmer and stealing all their shit. <laughs> and there you go. So he, he raises genetically mutated caterpillars. Yeah. And he takes over Monsanto Corporation. And there's like a. I got a better idea. Like it's based off your idea. They're on a cruise ship, and no, that's fucking deep. Whatever, deep rising. Damn it. <laughs> Anyways, this a Monsanto employee cruise. <laughs> Take deep rising monsters out, put centipedes in. The end. Yeah. Some dude would probably be like, yeah, that's a buy. Let's do this. Yeah. It, it has this. I cannot see this going to the theater. In fact, this I just got actually, excited about that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I want to watch that. Yeah, this is the. Only, I mean, this is. I cannot see this going to the theater, but I can definitely see this being on like sci-fi. It's, it's because Deep Rising was the Aliens of nineteen ninety-six. <laughs> was Missile Command? I don't exactly. I know there was a damn booklet that came with. Atari games that gave you a basic one page, one paragraph story, but missiles are flying at your cities. I mean, yeah, but was it? We already got this movie, man. It was called uh, War Games. (laughs) Yeah, was Missile Command Aliens or was it? It was nuclear missiles. I'm pretty sure. I'm 99% sure it was. I have the manual, but I'm not digging that closet out to get it. I had the game and I had. Centipede, I believe, but I cannot remember what Missile Command was about. Scott, fact check that shit. I don't know, man. It's it's about fucking missiles hitting cities. Yeah, but I, I don't remember if it was. Yeah. 
No, it just it doesn't it doesn't really say. Shit. It's just missiles coming from attacking cities and your regional commander. Oh nope, nope. I am incorrect, sir. What the is game's it? instruction manual describes a war between two planets, Zardon, the defending player, and Krytol. Hmm. So the original arcade game contains no reference to these worlds. Okay, so there you go. There you go. It's an alien fucking invasion movie. Okay, so oh shit, shit. That's our that's our MO right there. Alien invasion. Let's do this. So you can you can actually go deep with that shit. And considering how gameplay light, or not, I don't want to call it gameplay light, but how not as expansive and developed as Assassin's Creed is. Again. They just need to have someone sit down and be like, listen, we got two neighboring planets shooting missiles at each other. Give me your best script. Okay, then what's the fucking storyline behind fucking Centipede? Look that one up. Well, I know there's mushrooms on the screen. That might have a lot to do with it. Magic mushrooms and some fucking Harry Potter-looking fucker with a wand? Is it a wand or a pistol? It looks like a wand. Man, damn, 1980? It's the year I was born. Centipede's actually probably older than me then. Um, no, I don't really see... I don't see anything about a story on any of these. I like my Monsanto storyline better. They'll listen to you. It's our... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it evolved from you said Monsanto, and I'm pretty sure I put the pieces together, buddy. <laughs> so what if I'm ripping off Deep Rising? Nah, I don't see anything on, on a quick cursory skimming of the Centipede Wiki article. I don't see anything. So, scorpions, fleas, spiders, centipedes. I just, yeah, I mean. Just have giant. It's just a giant bug movie, dude. I mean, it's not that hard. Okay, so Monsanto has altered the DNA of bugs, and so uh, I like my revenge storyline where the farmer figures out how to alter the DNA of the bugs, and uh, and he he mind controls them, and Ricky Gervais is the one lone man. Save the world. Yeah. Now let's get Treat Williams out of retirement. Let's do this. I think that's that guy's name. I think get Ricky Gervais because if you don't, they're going to get fucking Adam Sandler. He's going to fuck it up. Isn't Ricky Gervais? Okay. Ricky Gervais is the cheaper guy, right? Yeah. He's from the office. These fucking names. Anyways. Um, Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see the problem. What was it, Pixels? We got some centipede action in Pixels. Because he only makes movies for fucking Netflix now. That's probably a good thing. Jurassic Work. Jurassic Work. Jurassic World uh, screenwriter Derek Conley is going to write Pacific Rim 2. I hope he follows good instructions. Who is this guy? Derek Conley. He's the screenwriter for Jurassic World. Yeah. Well, what's his... 
I enjoyed Jurassic World. Drafts of the sequel have already been worked on by Del Toro, Zach Penn, and John Spatz. And while plot details are being kept on the wraps, at one point it has been set many years after the original movie where the monster-fighting robot suits known as Jaegers have been commonplace. It is unclear if Connolly is doing a page one rewrite or developing certain story ideas. Isn't... Is Zach Penn the guy that did um, whole Superman Returns? One of them? Hold on. My laptop's loading very slow. No, he's not. He is The Last Stand. X-Men The Last Stand. Yeah. The Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton rewrites. Mm-hmm. Avengers Story Only with Joss Whedon. So he's attached to some okay projects. The best uh, X Men movie. No wait, X, Last Stand. X no, One, but he's, he's Last Stand was not the best X Men movie. That was uh, X two. No, that first was not class. the best. First Class was the best movie. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, X two. He was story only for X two. So X two was really good. Yeah. Uh, looks like Behind Enemy Lines. That was a decent flick. Yeah. Uh, uncredited co-writing of the nineteen ninety eight Mask of Zorro. That was and good. And the last action hero with Adam Leff and Shane Black. Uh, Netflix, Daredevil season one showrunner Stephen tonight is set to direct a sequel. Well, this guy is not shabby. Ooh, Electra. Ooh, damn. Ooh. Ooh. That, fast. That may not have been his fault, though. Yeah, Stu Zickerman and Raven Metzner were there, too. But again, some of his other credits, other people were there also for some of his good ones. Yeah, we'll just have to see. Yeah, so I mean, might be all right. Now, here's a question. Is The Rock working with Shane Black? Yes. Is it on The Predator or is it on Doc Savage? I'm hoping it's both, but whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I watch, you know, I mean, it's The Rock, man. Because he's The Rock, put out a Instagram note, no, well, Instagram post, and he's reading an outline for a movie that he'll make in 2017 with Shane Black. But that's all he said. So it's either Doc Savage or the Predator. So here's the thing. How many established franchises has The Rock jumped into? Uh, Fast and Furious, G.I. Joe. Um, Does Baywatch count? G.I. Joe barely counts because he was only in the second one. So um, then one, Fast and Furious. The Miami movies. But was he in the sequel or was he in the third? He was in the sequel. He was only in the second one of those too. And that was early on in his career when he was trying to get into films. Maybe he doesn't. I mean, he well, was the a, mummy, he's a clear choice for a predator. Well, he was in the mummy. He was in the... Um, he hasn't done that. The, the mummy and then the uh, Get Cool films. Yeah, maybe he's just not interested in jumping into something like that anymore. I don't know. I mean, he's freaking 
He's got to be getting close to being a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but I don't know how much re- how much money does he get from his uh, merchandising. On top of what else he makes. I don't know. You know, just if he's a predator, you know, and Shane Black, that's going to be awesome. Um, maybe he could be in there with Schwarzenegger. I don't know. But Doc Savage, I mean, he's been he's been looking for <coughs> a that kind of film. He's been looking for that kind of character. According and, to OK Magazine, his net worth is $150 million. He also tops Forbes' list of the top grossing actors of 2013. His films bring in $1.3 billion worldwide. I don't know. Doc Savage is going to be... I mean, I'm interested in watching it, but I've seen The Rock play Doc Savage like 15 times already. <laughs> I mean, he's Doc Savage is an adventurer. So, what's the update on the Predator? Are we getting Schwarzenegger or not? Apparently, not even Shane Black knows. Shane Black does not know, but he's. We'll read the quote here from AVP Galaxy. He. Uh, which got theirs from a chat, a podcast or something. Um, happy, sad, confused podcast. Yeah, happy, sad, confused podcast. Uh, I think that there's one of two ways we can go. Either we use Schwarzenegger or we don't. And there's advantages to using him, and there's a story to be told if we don't. My interpretation of that is they have a complete script. Schwarzenegger's name ended up in the mix, and that's the advantage of using him. And when he says there's a story to be told if we don't, we've already got a script done. So, eh, I, I I don't know. Would Schwarzenegger damage what they've already done if they have to go back and do rewrites? So, uh, that's my interpretation of it. So, one of the big things is, and we've heard this from a lot of guys that come into established franchises like Mickey G with Terminator and stuff like that. But he said um, to quote him again, Shane Black with Hip Fix says, "Taking the Predator, which has lost some of the mystery." and trying to re-engage it with that or re-immerse it in the feeling we had with Close Encounters of Discovery. Yada, 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 yada. Basically, he's wanting to say, hey, let's bring Predator back to some of that mystery, some of that adventure, and get that theme back rather than uh, doing the same thing over and over again, which he goes on to make that point, fleshing it out with, you know, hey, there's another Predator in the barn. 10-4, dude. That's a great freaking way to look at it. Unfortunately, we hear that shit from people all the time and they don't produce but none of them have Shane Black's freaking credits. So let's see what happens. I'm 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 slowly starting to get just a little bit hyped for this one. But I know to temper that hype. <sighs> you know who I like in the comics? Jane Foster. Yeah. You know who I hate in the Marvel Universe? Jane Foster. Jane Foster. She's just not interesting. No, she's, she's she's nothing but a damsel in distress. Um, they don't know what to do with her, and that's because even though they accuse other writers of being sexist, they don't know how to write female characters either. So there you go. There are not any good female characters in the Marvel universe except maybe Peggy Carter. Yep. 
Then said. Yeah. And then ABC canceled her, so there you fucking go. Oh, did they? Well, yes, on, I did a podcast on uh, Saturday. I think it was Friday or Saturday. So <laughs> they, they canceled that, and they canceled the Muppets. All in one day. Bam. Wow, the Muppets. Yeah, I, never even, I mean, I knew they had it back, but I thought it was like a big hit right off the jump. It must have fallen off fast. Yeah. They, they it's like in the news, like, ah, oh, the Muppets are back, yada, yada. All right, whatever. Yeah, so, the last Muppet movie was pretty good, though. And they moved Supergirl to the CW. CW. Yeah. yeah, we see that coming my way. Anyway. Um, They're saving money because story-wise and Thor Ragnarok, um, 80 to 90% of the film takes place in the cosmos. If They're only on Earth in a couple scenes. So do we want to spend, you know, millions of dollars to write her in a few lines or a few minutes of film time or what? I It's a good decision. So, so she will not be in the movie. She yeah. is gone. Good job. She gone. And, and one, mo- one more piece of movie news before we move on. Um... Once you get to a certain, I would say, status, you become very, uh, well, you get a parody. So, I'm going to just read to you the, uh, the synopsis. 18 years before... Far below the city live four completely regular turtles. But then a horny dude who worked at the nuclear power plant had his radioactive sperm fall into the sewer and onto the turtles, causing them to grow, particularly in their lower shell area. The 10-inch mutant ninja turtles. Scott, are you ready for the ninja turtle porn? I'm already Googling it. (laughs) (laughs) So... Here's your characters. April O'Neil. They didn't even try there. Casey Bone. Uh, Raphael Nias. Michelangelo Blow. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Leo Hardo. Uh, well... Dongatello. That's impressive. <laughs> Master Sphincter. Of course, the evil, the spreader. Oh, there you go. There you go. Now we got a winner. <laughs> He's the leader of the foot job clan. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, don't mix this up with your uh, tapes, kids. And they're wearing the the uh, a ripoff of the old shoots from the, uh, the the first movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying here. Oh, that's not all I'm saying. Yeah, the uh, I didn't watch it. There is a trailer online though, if you want to check yeah, that out. I I mean, listen, I yeah, I, the best part of the trailer. It's great and all, but I think I'm gonna have to hit the X tab on this one. The uh, the best part of the trailer is when the four turtles were. 
standing around April. And they're getting ready to fuck her. And then Dongatello says, dude, we're coming out of our shell. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's <sighs> terrible. It is. April looks like Veda Scott, though, from <laughs> Ring of Honor. Uh, it's not Veda, though, but... Oh, I see. She works for Channel 69. Yeah, Channel 69. That's, that's a good one. funny on the, uh, on the microphone. Not really original at all, but whatever. Uh, they're having fun. So that's the end of the movie news. Yeah. Way to, way to kill the show, Paul. It's <laughs> <laughs> no worse than some of the shit you've done. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Uh, at least I didn't talk about people dying. <laughs> that entire segment from like ten episodes ago, we had to edit out because I was like, "Paul, I can't be a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be a part of this. You got to take it out." Uh, well, at least I didn't go on a racist rant for forty-five minutes like you did on our first episode. <laughs> racist rant? It wasn't about race. Well, yeah, it was. Yes, it was. You fucker. I don't have. I don't have any hate in my heart. I just want the characters to be true to their origins. Yeah. Oh, uh, so by the way, you didn't do a. Make a movie about John Henry starring a freaking the guy plays Captain America. Let's do that. I just can't think of his name right. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. That's, That's my John Henry actor. Let's do this. By the way, you didn't do a game of the week. I got it. I got this. All right. So, and I'm not going to go back and do all that re-editing bullshit. So, Scott is going to now do a retro game of the week. Play that kick-ass music. Uh, game of the week this week. Um, the retro game of the week would be Joe and Mac for the Super Nintendo. Did you ever play Joe and Mac for Super Nintendo, Paul? Joe Mac. Joe and Mac. Joe and Mac. Sounds familiar. Caveman game where you run and you fight cavemen and dinosaurs. A lot of platforming, two players simultaneous. You got a boomerang, you got a little like hand bone you can throw at the enemies. Deceptively simple ramps up in difficulty in the last level. Oh yeah, I've never that yeah. fucking dinosaur. Pretty decent game. Pretty good. No, decent slot. It's a good game. This one will be had for around around twenty or Caveman Ninja. Yeah, other sources. Um, you know, there's big sprites. Uh, pretty good platforming action. Um, the enemy hits can be a little cheap because, like, especially later when you get like the lightning strikes, there's practically no way to avoid them or see them coming. You're just be- blasted. It's like a got, turbo graphics game. <clears throat> it, it does put you in mind of one. It, it, hell, it might have a port for one. Um, you can research that while I'm talking. But uh, the um, the premise is you got to get all your babes back. So that alone is worth the price of admission on the podcast. For probably like one female listener that's still listening, the uh, it came out on a couple different systems. So you got the Super Nintendo, you had the Genesis. I don't know if it came out on anything else. 
Did it come out on anything else, Paul? Never mind. I'm loaded. I'm not Game seeing Boy, Amiga. The it's an arcade game. I did not know that. Huh. Well, anyways, you got a bunch of different weapons, and you have uh, like stone wheels. You have a fireball, uh, boomerang, and a little bone that you throw. Or you can just beat stuff with your club if you haven't picked up anything. And there's some bonus levels and some hidden keys and stuff. But the the big thing about it is these huge bosses, and they're all pretty cool. You got like a brachiosaurus that comes up out of the water, and he spits fish at, fish at you, tries to headbutt you and bite you and stuff. You have a skeleton that attacks you, a big T-Rex, a couple big T-Rexes. And then, spoiler, if you haven't played the game, you think you've beat the game, and then you've got to go inside the last dinosaur's guts, go and fight some monsters and, and or some more cavemen, and then you got to fight this devil. And then you beat the devil, and you think, ah, oh, cool, I beat the game. And then, no, he's going to turn into the blue devil, and he's a dick. <laughs> so definitely big ramp in difficulty. Um, I hadn't played this one since I was in junior high or high school. And... So I pulled it out the other day and gave it a run through and I couldn't finish it. Uh, I tried maybe another two or three attempts. I can finish it, but I got to the blue devil uh, twice and he just kicked my ass, but I didn't even know there was a blue devil until two days ago. So, cause I never, never beat the last stage when I was a kid or what I thought was the last stage. So old data East gang. Now I'm looking at the, uh, I'm assuming that's a screenshot from the arcade game, and there's a cave woman um, tied to a stake. That is not in the Super Nintendo version. I don't know about the uh, other versions. Looks here like it's not listed as being on Genesis. I swear this is a Genesis game. Yeah, it's a Genesis game. Yeah, there it, there it is, Mega Drive. So, huh? Interesting. I wonder what the differences are. Super Nintendo, arcade, MS DOS port. The Mega Drive version follows in arcade. Actually, the only minor downgrades in graphics and sound. So, huh? Well, I highly recommend this one. I give it a solid eight out of ten from what I've seen so far. It's pretty fun. Um, there's two different two-player modes. There's one where you can't hit each other, and there's one where you can't hit each other. <clears throat> if you want to hate your partner, put it on super two-player mode or whatever it's called so that you can hit each other, um, and then you'll hate life. But you can have it for less than 20, so go out and grab a copy. But I'm going to have to mention another retro game of the week today. Volgar the Viking. Not only is it a retro-style game, you can download it for free to play on the Sega Dreamcast. And they also have the artwork available on their website. Um, one of the developers was sitting around bored one day, on the clock, I'm assuming, and decided to make a port for the Dreamcast version. And uh, they thought that was pretty cool, and they released it for free. So it plays pretty well, according to what I've seen on the uh, YouTube. And I've downloaded it, but I have not found a disc uh, I'm going to have to eBay a disc. I don't even know if they sell those anymore uh, to play on my Dreamcast. So I'm going to check that out hopefully this next week. Um, but hey, it's supposed to be a very, very good port. So it's a free game. That's it. Retro games are done. Retro games are done. 
Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon tournament, Pokey, 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 Pokey tournament. I'm calling it Pokemon tournament. I don't know. Pokemon right. tournament. No luchador uh, Pikachu here, but uh, Pokemon tournament on the Wii U is outsold the physical PS4 version of Street Fighter Five. I don't know if that includes the downloads digitals. But I know that it's only the uh, physical for the PS4 version. Um, this is from Tech Times. But later on, one of the guys provide the numbers says if you include the Sony digital sales, it wouldn't really make much difference. So it's kind of shocking. I know Pikachu and Pokemon are a big IP, but still a decently reviewed fighting game versus what I would assume to be the juggernaut of the fighting genre would be street fighter. It's kind of surprising. Is Pokemon tournament. Were you exclusive? Yes. Wow, man. Yeah, I know 35 million PS fours versus in the area of 10 million. We, I think it's 40 million now. Well, this, this was yesterday. Then probably today it's probably 40 million. (laughs) So yeah, there's they're they're I guess they're closing in on eleven million for the Wii U. I don't know, but yeah, it's over ten. So yeah, that's a surprise. But then again, there's not a whole lot coming out new for the Wii U this year, so that might have something to do with it. SNES, but Go ahead. game looks good. The game looks good from the videos I've seen. I just haven't I haven't bought either one. Um, don't. It's summertime. We've got enough freaking games in the house. We can wait. Yeah, That's why um, Star Fox coming yeah. on the nineteenth is um, Far Harbor for the um, you know the DLC for yeah, uh, not Far Cry shit. You know, no, I don't know. You know, Far that, Harbor. Far Harbor, yeah. The DLC for... Come on, people. Somebody's fucking yelling at me right now. Yeah, someone's screaming, Hey, dumbass, Fallout 4. Fallout 4, yes! You know, the game I spent 40 fucking hours playing. <laughs> yes. I was like, I've got to Google this fast. <laughs> it's fucking killing me. I don't know what the fuck yeah. he's talking about. Yeah, um... At least I remember the name of the fucking DLC. What the fuck? It's supposed to be a story-oriented DLC. It is. It's That's a huge fucking map. So. Which means I have to probably beat Uncharted 2 real quick. And fuck you, Uncharted 1, you piece of shit. Fuck that game. God damn. All right. Uh, SNES Classic Wild Guns Reloaded coming to PlayStation 4 this fall. Um, you will have some new shit in the game. The following features two new characters, each with their own weapons and tactics. One to four player mode, where each player can take on one of the four player characters, four characters, Classic and new stages, 
new boss enemies, and special weapons. Scott, how did you feel about Wild Guns? Well, I remember playing it with one of my um, friends. Uh, we ran it a few different times. We never beat it. Uh, it's one that I wish I had a little more prep to uh, check out. But I remember there was it was it's one of those games. It's like a two hundred fifty dollars game now, and we ran it a couple different times. And it was like with one of my friends that he was kind of a klepto, and he was. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly trustworthy and uh, I probably spent more time trying to keep him from stealing shit out of my house than anything, but it was a good game. It's just been 20 years since I freaking played it. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to check it out very soon. E3 is coming up on in June and with Sony's date now confirmed, we now have a list of all the press conferences. So, Sunday, 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 June 12th will be Electronic Arts, Madden, Bethesda, Fallout DLC. Monday. <laughs> the team that did that is Bethesda Fallout? Yeah. No. Yes. No. yes. Yes. Okay, Fallout DLC. Monday. Microsoft at 9.30 a.m. Pacific. Mm. Or 12.30 p.m. Pacific. Actually, 12.30. What do you think we're going to talk about? Xbox 1.25? They're killing Xbox. Yeah. (laughs) Straight PC. Um... Uh, PC gaming show. Ubisoft. Sony. And on Tuesday, the 14th, Nintendo Treehouse. Which we already know what they're doing. Nintendo will only, only have a live stream of Zelda. That is it. That is the only thing they will show. They have already admitted it. We will just stream a fucking gameplay of Zelda. That's all you will see. That's all we will show. That's all we have. We have nothing else. Go fuck yourself. We're Nintendo. If they do have this whole new way of playing games, maybe that's why they're playing their cards so close to the chest on the NX. Or it's just Nintendo being fucking Nintendo. Now, do you think that the gameplay they're showing is just the Wii U version, not the NX version? Mm. Ah, hell, they're probably running it on a fucking PC like most companies do, but you think they'd put their best version forward. Frankly, <laughs> Nintendo. On that. Do, you, do you... Yeah, for all we fucking know, the NX isn't even as powerful as we... I mean, we don't know. They, there's just a bunch of industry rumor. That's it. It's fucking Nintendo. I mean... It's Nintendo. I mean, it's it's going to be like a Wii U 2.0, probably. Do you... Is it fanciful thinking that maybe the reason why they are doing... and showing nothing is because of the fact that we know and have heard developers 
say time and time again, E3 sucks because it takes so much time and so much money to have to develop a game demos for E3. So Nintendo is maybe saying, fuck it. It's all hands on deck for next year because we want all of our developers and all of our first party games ready for day one launch. Let's so, hope so. Mario, Metroid, Zelda. Zelda's the only game we're going to have at E3. That's the only fucking demo we're going to have. Everything else is going to be ready day one. So focus on that. And they're kind of doing a rope-a-dope. We're going to get hit hard at E3 by the gaming press. We're going to get hard at Christmas for the gaming press because, well, they don't have anything out. doesn't fucking matter because we're going to kill everybody at launch. And we're going to make up for it with the investors because that's the last day, the last quarter of financials. So we're going to fucking kill it. Right. One can hope. Competition is good for the industry, so one can hope that they come out swinging. But they, I mean, they really better bring it to the table. The Wii U has been a PR disaster for them. I think it's a fun, capable system, but they 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 lost everybody that wasn't a core Nintendo fan. Everybody. <laughs> Except the five or six or eight million hardcores and the two that spent money on Wii U just randomly. I like the 3DS. I just don't have if you any look at the If you look at the entire library of the Wii U and you jump into the game late, that's, that's a big difference because you have all that stuff available to you. If you bought one at launch like I did, there were some serious fucking droughts. You're like, gee, maybe Christmas, where's some games at? So I have 52 Wii U games. 51. Jesus Christ, dude, what the fuck did you buy? Oh, well, I mean, I got some of the early third-party stuff, but um, which I haven't played Batman, but I have two Assassin's Creed's. They were fun. There's uh, That Spider-Man game was pretty good. Bayonetta 1 and 2 was on M1 package. That's a fucking hell of a value, and that's my favorite game in that genre ever. Uh, but, I mean, the Assassin's Creed games could, could is not the superior version on PlayStation 4 and, and Xbox One. Yeah, but that's like saying, well, you got the 9.5. The fucking 9 is terrible. The 9 is still good. It's just not as good as the 9.5. Not that I think those are 9.5 games. It's just what I'm saying. Yeah, but they're still good. They're still fun games. But I guess uh, as long as you got the Pro Controller, you're fine. Yeah, I had a Pro Controller. Which, again, like when you talked earlier, the gamepad, when utilized with a specific purpose in mind, was, was good. I just well, don't want to use that big-ass fucking controller. Some people don't like to use big-ass controller. Me, I don't care what the hell kind of control you stick in my hands. It doesn't make a difference to me for the most part. But the Pro Controller was much more comfortable and easier to play than the gamepad. But I didn't have any trouble with the gamepad. Do you think they're going straight with the old-school controller? I hope so. I mean, unless they come up with something innovative that is going to change gaming, I mean, I don't see the point in... 
I mean, maybe just ergonomically improving on existing designs. The Wii U Pro Controller is freaking legit. I mean, shit, man. Here, I'll just list off some. I mean, you got Donkey Kong Country, Tropical Freeze. You got some good third-party games if you don't happen to already have them for other systems. Um, Lego City Undercover is one of the best games of the last five years. Um, the Mario Kart is exceptional. Uh, the superior version of Need for Speed Most Wanted You, but again, if you don't, if you already have it for another system, there's no need in it. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, no, Ninja Guy, I have it, but that game wasn't that good. New Super Mario, Pikmin Three, Resident Evil Revelations, which there was, I don't know if the Xbox 360 versions were better or not. Um, I'm just trying to name out like the really good ones. Sonic Racing Transformed is underrated in my opinion. It's very good. Mario 3D World, Smash Brothers, Splinter Cell Blacklist, Wonderful 101 is very good. Xenoblade Chronicles X, Mario Maker, Zombie U, Zelda Wind Waker HD, Zelda Twilight Princess HD. I mean, I've got, I have 50, I think 51. Uh, Raven Legends, very, very good. So I don't, I don't even know if I have a bad game. Call of Duty Ghost is probably the worst game or Angry Birds Star Wars. I got Angry Birds Star Wars for like $5 on clearance. And it's that's a good game, but it's better played on mobile. Yeah. Um, yeah. Disney Epic Mickey 2 would probably be the least of the games I own. Or maybe the... I don't know, man. I, there's a lot of good games in that library. That's the thing. Hyrule Warriors is, is, is good, not great. I don't know. It's fun two-player. It's a little less one-player. You have all your Lego games, Dimensions, Hobbit, Marvel, superheroes. I gravitated towards buying Wii U games because I did not expect the library to get that big. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good games on it, and there's some good third party games if you haven't played the older versions of them and don't already have them. And that'd be your Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, stuff like that. They're fine, but ah, same party. That's the worst game I have. Splatoon's really, really good. You probably wouldn't like it because you don't like aiming with motion controls, right? Right. Yeah, gyroscopic gyroscopic control. You can switch it to joystick. But you have to go into the menu to do that. So I mean there's a lot of good games for it. It's just you had they were it was so spread out. Um you had a glut of games that uh, available at launch, really. I mean, there was quite a few games at launch, but then But th- that was thirty three or four never- months had any other system other than the fucking Nintendo. Like, if you didn't buy an Xbox 360 or PlayStation 3, right. it it was the best fucking launch ever. Yeah. And I would also say that if you had those systems, and the game was at the same price point, and you walked into the store, and you just happened to pick up the Wii U version of the 360 version... Or you picked up the 360 version instead of the Wii version, it really didn't fucking matter if it was the same price. That was one of the big things. They're like Mass Effect trilogy came out and it was like thirty more dollars than the fucking 360 version. You know that was that was something that hurt them on third parties. So I mean, it. But the, the biggest problem is you only got Mass Effect three on on Wii U. That that fucked you because you never got to play the first two games. Right, because you couldn't carry over your save. Right. So that game was fucking worthless. I don't want to say it's worthless, but if yeah, it is because you're just you're starting on well, you know, game three out of fucking trilogy. Oh, if you've never played them, yeah. As far as you're carrying over your save file, I got fucked because 
Um, I had part one, beat it, and bought part two. Did part two let you carry over your save if it was on yeah. the same hard drive? Okay. Well, I think I either forgot or didn't know about that. And I was like 10 hours or 15 hours into part two when I discovered this feature. And that kind of fucked me. So it didn't really matter that I played three on the Xbox 360. So I went 360 PC 360. But it, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't it ask you at the beginning some of the decisions you made in case you don't have a save file? I believe it did, and I believe I was able to pretty much get close to where I was at anyways. So. There's a lot of value to one. It's just the online infrastructure needs a lot of work. The gamepad was heavy and jacked the price of the system up. And it wasn't even 720p at the least. Uh, a lot of the games were. They no, were. I meant the gamepad. Oh, the gamepad. It wasn't even 720, no. I don't know what the... I can't remember what the resolution it was, but it wasn't 720. <laughs> it's 240p. Yeah. I, it's like 560 or something. Oh, it's some odd number. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Scott, speaking of Nintendo, uh, Nintendo wants to make some animated movies, right? Fact. So what are you going to make? Um, if it... Zelda <laughs> would be number one. Well, excuse me, princess. Anything <laughs> else? Uh, probably uh, like Pixar or DreamWorks Mario would probably be a good idea. So it will be a CGI, not hand-drawn? Oh yeah, it probably would. It definitely be CGI, I guess. But I mean, they got a lot of good properties. They got a lot of good IPs. Hell, Star Fox could be its own thing. Fucking Star Fox would be sweet. Donkey Kong's had a presence on TV, so I mean, there's a lot of stuff they can do. I mean, you got Zelda. You have you hell. You could do a Pikmin show for something new. Maybe once you get that established Nintendo name brand as a movie out there with Mario and Zelda. Metroid, let's do it. So Tatsumi would not be the president. So, yeah, they were talking to Tatsumi Fujinami, the president of Nintendo, the former NWA. What about something like Fire Emblem? Mm. It's a popular series. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much. There's such a dearth of original IPs that, I mean, they're just loaded. For content, Nintendo is fucking loaded. So many properties. So they're not interested in doing um, live action. They've done that one before, but we can do something like Disney Pixar. Zelda's back something we kept action. in mind, but Zelda's it makes it all concrete. Zelda needs a live-action movie. Zelda needs one very badly. But yeah, I mean, if... Yeah, if they get a good company, a good production company, I'm going to say Disney, Pixar... They would would license it out, is what they're basically... They're going to license it out, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, they're... Their, their IPs are just, they're off the chain. They should go with that. 
I want to see Metroid. That would be my personal pick, would be Metroid. I don't think they would do that because the money would be in something like... Oh, no. Metroid would be something... You'd want to have like a Nintendo Studios thing for people to start associating with, like the Marvel Studios intro. You'd want to sell it with Mario and Donkey Kong and Zelda. And then maybe start picking up like Pikmin or Metroid or Star Fox. But you would want to have it to where it says fucking Pixar and then it says Nintendo Studios or Nintendo Movies or Nintendo Pictures, something like that. So that when people see that poster and see that teaser trailer, they see that Nintendo branding and, oh, this is another Nintendo movie. Let's go watch Metroid. I'm just a casual that's familiar with Super Mario Brothers and Donkey Kong. So. And last bit of news. Resident Evil 7 is in development. The entire game will go back to Resident Evil's horror roots. And essentially it will be a clean slate. I seriously doubt it's a tabula rasa, but we'll see. Uh, they will show it at E3. The Resident Evil 7 team hired Jordan Amaro, a designer who previously worked on Metro Gill Solid 5 and PT at Kajami Productions. This comes from the CEO of Tokyo-based game industry consultancy Katan Games or on Twitter. The returning the horror roots. I, I I really want to see that. Let's let's make our characters a little weaker, <laughs> make their bullets a little less effective, and make the ammo a little less plentiful. And the. Uh... Over to the wrestling news. Um, I was trying to find out an update on the Young Bucks. Still, it seems like they are out of the upcoming Best of Super Juniors show. I think Nick has a broken rib. Matt has a broken hand. So they are out. Can't find if it's actually broken hand or wrist. Um, but they are out of the show. That tournament starts this Saturday. They're going to have live... Oh, there we go. Uh, New Japan will be broadcasting seven of the 14 shows from the tournament live, and all tournament matches will be available this year on New Japan World. Um, it's a tough schedule, so the guys are going to have to pace themselves, but there is a Ricochet versus Will Ospreay Corrigan Hall main event on the 5th 27th show. Uh, Scott, you definitely need to try to watch some of these shows. Um, which one is this? What they... Just any of them? Is there a specific one you want me to watch? Uh, definitely Ricochet versus Will Ospreay on 527. 527. All right. Um, the listings will be on um, 
You really should watch all of them. But um, they start Saturday, but there's, like I said, there's only going to be a couple of them. They broke their ribs? What a bunch of pussies. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing all the shit that the uh, Brandon young Hulk bucks... didn't break their fucking ribs. Just saying. Yeah. All the shit the young bucks do is just something simple that they did. This I just took him out. Just saying, Randy Mulkey makes Cactus Jack cringe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the main event for the next takeover show has been announced. It will be Finn Balor and Samoa Joe in a cage match. That should be fun. And that is it. Uh, except for Emma got her back fucked up, so she needs surgery. On to wrong notes. I closed wrong shit. NWA for May 10, 1986. The show opened up with the Midnight Express beating the fuck out of Sam Houston and some other mark. And then the James Boys comes out at the uh, show. They throw uh, the Midnight Express out and they put a rope over top of Jim Cornette's neck. Um... Apparently, the week before, there was an episode on the network that we did not see. So, thanks, Vince. Uh, so, opens up with the promo from Robert Gibson. You got your show? Your notes open? Yeah. All right. We're good. Ready to roll. Hot tag. Scott's on. Okay. So, my question is, they, they cut away. From the the moment when they, whoever's driving the truck, they they drive. Jim but I haven't come to that truck. yet. Well, it's just I'm sorry, but it's just it's the forefront of my mind. <laughs> my notes are my notes, man. This is what baby dolls driving the truck. Baby dolls driving the truck. I'm just saying that when we get to this point, I I think that Jim Cornette's lucky to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dusty Rhodes. Rest your soul. I did not realize how much of a danger you were to other people's lives. <laughs> That's why I watched this on the on the network. Um, did they cut the Manny in an interview after this? Was that what we? No, cut the Robert Gibson. Cut the Robert Gibson. Yeah, Robert saying he hoped Ricky's going to beat Flair for a title. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoop the damn do. Then we so, then we had Robert uh, Ron Garvin versus Maurice Cooper. Yeah, before that, didn't we have Manny get an interview, though? No. Next, after that match, you had Manny cutting a promo. Okay, okay, anyways. And he cut a promo on drugs. Okay, so, yeah, okay. Ron Garvin, um, uh, as usual. The only thing I liked about this match, besides the fact that it was over, was, hey, he used a giant swing that he screwed up, but he used a giant swing. You don't see that too often. Um, but other uh-huh. than that, yeah. Eh, it was the wrong Garvin match. What he do? I guess Cesaro must have went back and watched the network, and then he picked up the uh, giant swing. I really doubt Ron Garvin inspired Cesaro. I really <laughs> doubt it. Ron Garvin, thank you for putting your body on the line for our entertainment. Yeah, I'll say that much. So then Manny does his. A young Cesaro was watching this back in 1986. Like one day I will use the giant swing. Or no, it was probably more like, oh, hell, I could do that better. So, yeah. um, 
20 so years he, later, he did it. He starts giving his uh, big old uh, speech, and he's supporting old uh, Jimmy Valiant, and he he does the drug thing, which is cool. But he, he I just love the freaking the, the phrases and terminology of this era. Um, he's basically telling Pistol Pez he's going to be a bald-headed geek. That was that was pretty much the summation of his promo. He talked about drugs and he said bald-headed geeks. Very, very. Um, he was very enthusiastic about it. So they're still playing that hair angle very hard. Especially the don't be. I a, mean, like when he was. You know, for some reason I can't prove it, but I'm pretty sure Manny was a pothead. Or at least he got drunk every fucking week. And then he's done... better than, than nobody better to teach the dangers of substance abuse. <laughs> yeah. Substance abuser. Uh, don't do as I say, don't do as I do. Uh, actually, when we go and do the um, programs with the kids, the police officers or any other law enforcement have some effect. It's a very small effect. As they're traditionally, as statistically, is not done very well. Um, but the actual substance abusers that have went through it see the emotional reaction you see out of the children, and typically they listen a little more, quite a bit more. Their their attention is locked on when it's someone that's been there and done that. So, hey. um, Manny will scare scare the hell out of you. So maybe Manny would make me not want to use drugs. <laughs> I'm sure as hell I wouldn't listen to a cop. Manny, I would. Plus, Manny can cut a promo. Cop couldn't. Unless he's the big boss man. Yeah. Uh, promo with Wahoo. Uh, so footage while he was on uh, commentary. Wahoo was working with the prop. Precious came out and ran interference. Now, Wahoo admitted that he would hit a woman. He did. I was surprised. I was shocked. What what, what, what fucking type of baby face is he? 1986, people. Jimmy Garvin attacks Wahoo, and for some unknown reason, Art Anderson comes out and helps. Uh, What the hell? Yeah, that was kind of out of left field. I, mean, I guess this is from all those years that he beat the shit out of Flair. So Arn's like, well, that's a good chance to come up there and beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I, was, I, mean, I, I don't know what the angle is there yet. So, um, Robert Gibson versus David Dillinger. Uh, first thing I noticed was David Dillinger still Rick Ridge robe. Yes. Also, did the theme music even end before the pin? I don't know, but you had a very sadistic fucking crowd. Yeah. <laughs> they were chanting, break his leg. And this had the most fucked up sunset flip I've seen with the actual pinfall in a long time. Yeah, because the, the other most fucked up <laughs> sunset flips later. Yeah. So, David is so fat, he just... Rolls back and keeps tumbling. Robert takes his right hand and tucks David's right arm under Robert's right leg like he was tucking him into his bed. Then he has to struggle to wrap his left leg around 
David's fat body to keep the left <laughs> leg under his left arm. It was so awkward. It was just like just 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 stand him up, punch him once, and run that spot again. Yeah, Robert should have done a DDT or a drop kick. Something <laughs> simple. Roll over, fucker. <laughs> One, two, three. Yeah. Yeah, it was over quick though, so nothing to see there really. Uh, then he had a promo with America's team. Madam talked about revenge and Cornette bit off more than he could chew and Bob Baby it all again. Yeah. So. They called out uh, Nikita said your game plan's weak, man, or something thereabouts. But I mean, it's just I love the show, but man, they are really running it. They're really dragging it out. This yeah. Nikita thing's been going on forever. Uh, Dusty hit on Magnum and how he was going to get married one day and how it'd be a marriage made in heaven. Oh, and um, the best part of the promo was the crowd was just going nuts for Magnum. I mean, they were they were whistling, catcalling. And Dusty picked up on it, and he basically he, he I don't remember the exact phrase, but he says uh, he calls Magnum pretty, and the crowd they loved it, they ate it up. Like Dusty took control of the promo right then. Yeah, it was his. So, but this comes back later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nikita versus Tony Zane. Um, he, I thought Nikita's deal was he would not work on TV unless. It was for the U.S. title in a cage match, in a Russian chain match. Might have missed the culmination of that because wasn't the Russian chain match already over with? No. Well, that gets referenced on the next week's episode. It, it was, but it failed. Nikita would not work on TV unless it was a Russian chain match. That was the deal. Oh, I thought it was involving the belt. No, the, 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 well, for the belt. He would not work on TV unless it was for the belt. And the only reason why he had a match last time he was on TV was because he had to defend the world six man title. Okay, well, they just continue the error, I guess. I don't know what the fuck Dusty's doing. Either, regardless, Tony Zane took one hell of a fucking bump on the back of his head. Yes, he did. Um, and then I mean, he actually got a little bit of offense in, you know. I mean, we're always so excited when the props get offense um, because it makes the matches interesting. But anyways, uh, Tony Zane hits a sunset flip. <laughs> <laughs> On my notes here it says Tony Zane sunset flip proto Vader in all caps. Yeah. I was amazed he almost didn't make it over, but he 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 did get over. So, but of course he gets. Um, the what's the the Russian sickle? Yeah, and it literally. I mean, I, I'm I'm not saying Tony Zane can't make himself backflip, but I'm saying he had a lot of help. Yeah, I I couldn't believe how hard he got hit and how how far over he went. So it was it was a hell of a cool looking finish. Cut the Tony with the Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup update. Not, not Jim Crockett. God damn it. Tony with Jim Crockett Jr. This Senior Cups next week. Um, they're talking about Sandy Sc- Scott and the Great American Bass 1986 is coming up. <clears throat> 
talking about all the great cities they're going to. They're going to like Philadelphia and Cincinnati. Big fucking deal. And they're coming to Charleston, West Virginia. Oh, shit, Scott, they're coming to Charleston. Fuck yeah. This is when they had the helicopter fly in a flare, wasn't it? Was it in this segment? Yeah. Yeah. They were flying from 85. Yeah, flare lands in the helicopter and gets off looking like a pimp. I was. I, I heard this. I was so fucking pissed off. I was like, man, I could have gone and seen this shit. This shit was an hour from my house. Yeah. 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 I went and I, and I talked to my mom about this. Like, you're a horrible parent. <laughs> Why did you not take me to this? Like, huh? I I didn't know. That's your fault, mom. Yeah. <laughs> you should like, go to the gutter for your failure. My six-year-old ass wasn't the Crockett Cup. I could have gone to the Great American Bass in A6. For the Great American Bass, yeah. Yeah. It's like... Like, well, we didn't go to the shows back then. Yeah, well, I thought we could have went to that one. Like, well, I don't remember this. Like, do you remember, like, when when the horsemen went in there and they busted down the fucking door to the locker room and they grabbed Ricky Morton and they fucking rubbed his face in the concrete and there was fucking blood anywhere? Yeah. I was like... See, right there. Remember when I said that that, that fucking event happened? That storyline and everybody fucking remembers it 30 years ago? So she said, uh, yeah. I was like, and this happened like three weeks after that. Oh. <laughs> I was like, fuck. But goddamn, when fucking Terry Taylor went to fucking WWF, sure as shit, we went to that fucking house show, but Goddamn, when Ric Flair and the fucking Four Horsemen went to Charleston, we couldn't go to that. Well, I'm doing some uh, research here on this tour they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the Wikipedia article does not list Charleston as a the place they stopped. Well, Wikipedia is, is full of shit. That's possible. Typically, they... You know, I'm just saying. Also possible they didn't go for some reason. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it is. It was Charleston, West Virginia. So. Next match, Tully versus Rocky King. Tully made quick work. And here comes your, your favorite spot. Jim Cornette comes out with the promo and the Midnight Express. And then they showed the complete footage from earlier in the show. Magnum and Dusty, supposedly, come out in hoods as the James Gang. They made quick work of Midnight, put a rope around Jim Cornette's neck, they drag him to a waiting truck, and then they try to drag him by the neck out onto the street, I guess, And but the camera cuts right... As soon as the wheel starts to move. Yeah. Like, like there's dirt flying. <laughs> and I'm like, he's attached to that rope around the neck. So I'm just saying in conjunction with some of the shit that Jimmy Garvin says later, <laughs> this is not looking like a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. I was I don't know what I don't know how that um stunt played out on 
whatever was whatever was edited out. But like, there's a point that rope will get tight. <laughs> <laughs> it'll 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 go a few feet and then it'll pop his head off his damn shoulders. Um, now looking back, and I can't remember, did they tie the rope to anything, or was there just somebody in the back holding it? I think uh, Magnum. I think was holding the rope. I'd say he just let go. If I had to guess. But the tires spun on that truck. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So I was like, oh, shit. How are they going to do this? But then it just cut really fast. Next match was the Midnight Express versus the Malkies. The first time we actually seen them on this show, since we've been reviewing it as a tag team. Uh, the first bump we saw was... The first disgusting bump, anyway, was Randy Malky going to the outside. <sighs> Randy Malky. You, sir, are officially an American icon. The, the, he was tossed Holy to the shit. outside. He did not land on his feet. He took basically a hip toss through the ropes and landed <laughs> on his back. On the concrete. On concrete. On bare concrete. You dumb fucker. And then, did he take a suplex to the outside? He took a suplex from, um, oh, not Conjury, from Eaton. He took a a full-on suplex from, I'm pretty sure it was Bobby Eaton. Not only did Malky hit pretty good, Eaton hit pretty damn solid too. But Eaton got more ass though. Yeah, he got more ass and hip out of it. The Malky went flat. There was no roll. There was no slap out. There was nothing except his ribs and back and spine slamming into the concrete. Yeah, and his back was red for the entire fucking match. He was holding it in the middle of the match and everything. Dude took some serious bumps. Um, He was out of the ring for at least three minutes. He didn't take a bump. He crashed. Yeah. And then when they, I don't know why they did it, but they fucking tagged him back into the ring. And he backed Dennis Condry back into the to the corner, and he started beating the shit out of Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> and then fuck Dennis said, oh, shit, he's fucking pissed, and he cut him <laughs> off. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> and, of course, he got him in a skull-crushing finale, and that was it. And they went back and cut another fucking promo, and then Cornette said, um, basically, he uh, claims that it was America's team. He sent a letter to Bob Geigel. Um, out comes Jim Crockett. He tells Jim Cornette that, yes, Bob got the letter. And that unless Jim Cornette can prove that it was America's team, that the victory that the James gang or whoever the fuck they're calling themselves. Frank and Jesse James. Yeah, Frank and Jesse James. Yeah. The victory that they got over them last week will stand. Yeah, they, they can't prove it's them, so. Yeah. N- the next match. I was shocked. 
saw Ric Flair and Arn Anderson in the ring. Yeah, the next match was Ric Flair and Arn Anderson versus Carl Styles and Bob's Owen. Flair's wearing that awesome butterfly robe. You fucking prosper. Count yourselves lucky. You're in the ring there with greatness. Uh, it was a match. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything special. It was just something to get Flair in a ring to get the crowd and the TV audience a little excited, and that was basically it. Yeah. Uh, then he had a promo of Flair. Flair puts himself over, puts over the heels champions, says he's going to beat up around the road warriors just to show people how tough he can be. This is a bad idea. Then he starts flexing. Woo, what's causing all of this? The girls start screaming. One woman in particular is enjoying it, but quickly remembers she is married and looks back to her husband. And speaking of the husband, Flair tells Tony, tell your wife I said hello. Yeah, he does it again the next week, too. So. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. But Flair's uh, hitting the same beats that he's been hitting with uh, Ricky Morton, talking about you know the teeny boppers and their training bras and stuff. Training underwear. I mean, he's, he's, he's delivering well, but he's kind of using the same material over this week. Well, it's, it's getting under his skin. Yeah. That's the Jimmy point. Valiant and Manny Fernandez promo. Uh, Jimmy is calling Manny Willie Willie. Willie Willie. That's all I get out of this promo. Why the fuck is he calling them Willie Willie? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that Jimmy Valiant was on some substances at this point. If that some bitch wasn't high, I'll kiss your ass. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If if I was at work, I'd be like, "Sir, can you uh, answer a few questions here? <laughs> Could you get on the wall, please?" Yeah. yeah, this guy was high as a kite on this promo, and it was awesome. And uh, <laughs> I mean, it was just funny. Um, but he's got a shirt on that says "Pistol Pez will be a bald headed geek." I don't know why they're stuck on this bald headed geek thing, but yeah, Jimmy was. I mean, he was out there. He was off the chart with volume and the twitching and jumping around. He was he was on it. Jimmy Valiant and Manny Fernandez versus Larry Clark and Paul Garner. The Jimmy Garvin match. I'm sorry, did you say Jimmy Valiant? I'm backwards. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Valiant. Jimmy Garvin's way later. Uh, yeah, it wasn't anything special. Yeah. Kind of I, I do like how many always oh, calls his move the uh, flying burrito. He accepts it while Tito Santana would it, they would find it racist when Jesse Ventura called it the flying burrito. He just accepted it. <laughs> it was a flying burrito. That's terrible, Paul. I'm offended. Manny called it the flying burrito. Why couldn't Tito? Chico. Chico Santana. I'm just saying. Just saying. I'm, I'm terribly I'm upset. My feelings are hurt. I need a safe place. Anyways, uh, you're not going to find it on this show. I'm just saying. <laughs> this episode, you're not going to find a safe place. Especially if you're 10 Ninja Turtles. I meant the, this episode of NWA. No. <laughs> we got some gay bashing coming up from old Jimmy yeah. Carvin. Serious gay bashing. Holy cow. Um, yeah. J- Jimmy, who, who's the, the most flamboyant, gayish guy on here, is bashing the gays. It was bad. Which I, which I think is kind of the the, uh, the point. That's why he's doing it. Yeah. I mean, just, just to summarize where we're at right now, Magnum, Jim Crockett, 
Tease about a contract for Russian chain match. Okay. You get the Paul Jones army promo, which as usual delivered very well. Um, and then you got a Nikita and our Paul Jones army versus jobbers. Nothing special here. Nikita and Ivan do a promo. And then Jimmy Garvin versus Jim Dawson. Again, just it's a little bit offense. Fault. It's not my fault. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, he was yelling that out. But then Jimmy Garvin promo to close the show. This is where shit gets the most interesting tonight. Um, he He's he's talking about... Uh, he rewrote Dustin. down Wahoo being an Indian. And yeah, he throws him up. And then he says, oh, and by the way... I heard somebody out there talking about Magnum being real pretty. Now, that's just disgusting. That's real disgusting. Out there putting his hands in another man, calling him pretty, and he started waving his hand in a kind of iffy situation. Yeah, iffy. he does the whole iffy thing. Like, you got two guys, and he does the whole, yeah, you know. Yeah, that's real disgusting. I hear on TBS. On national television, on a family program. I'm, on I'm real sorry channel. that you had to see that, precious. I'm real sorry that you had to see that. I just my stomach, and then I just on and on and on. Holy <laughs> cow! And uh, I wouldn't have thought anything of it in 1986. Of course, I didn't know what the hell gay was at that point. But hell, when I was 15 or 16, I was like, man. But now I'd be like, damn, this dude's about to get his shit kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, dude. Um, yeah, he tore it up. I was just, I was I was a little surprised, but hey, this no, is nineteen eighty six. Not no, the network rated this show TV fourteen. Was it TV fourteen because of the James Gang doing the the rope hanging, or is it because of the gay bashing? I'd say it was the gay bashing and in, in the little the iffy hand motion. Yeah. <laughs> I had had me so tickled. I was like, did he really just do that? But this was thirty years ago too. So well, it's hard to believe it's thirty years ago, but it's it's literally thirty years ago. Yeah, 30, 30 years, years ago days. this week. It's, it's more it's, than 30 years ago right now. It's it's fucking hilarious. It was just it's just wow. But the gayest guy on here is the one doing the gay bash. <laughs> I wonder how many listeners are shocked that two guys from West Virginia are just Flabbergasted, like, that flabbergasted at the iffy hand motion and, and the gay matching. <laughs> that we're just not like, oh, I hate gays. You know what I mean? Like, you know, but that's just the way it is. It, 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 I was sitting there and like my face got a little flush. I was like, wow, because this stuff's so taboo anymore. You know, I mean, just the way it is. But yeah, it was, it was intense. I was like, shit. So I think <laughs> there were some people watching this that may not have been prepared for it. <laughs> that are maybe of that persuasion. If you guys can see what I'm doing in my hand <laughs> on the camera right now, I'm doing the iffy motion of Paul. Some of those um, viewers might be a little uncomfortable tonight. So just well, after the Ninja Turtle review, you, you, can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't. I'm just saying, if you don't want your feelings hurt, do not turn into the last five minutes of the May 17th, 1986. No, May 10th. Or May 10th. Yeah. Now, Garvin goes on about it for quite some time. He, he hit the <laughs> Wahoo, now he's hitting the gays. Yeah. Between him and fucking uh, Jim Cornette, 
Good Lord. Now. All Jim Cornette and his mama's got, it's Mother's Day. And mama happy, I mean, he goes on and on and on about how great his mom is. Mama, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to you. And send me my allowance. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Cornette is one of the best speakers on a mic ever. NWA, May 17, 1986, which is today. So <laughs> we're caught up. This is exactly 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, opening match from the house show. Tag team match with Armbar, Sam Houston, and Wahoo versus Jimmy Garvin. They finally had a fucking match. And Tully Blanchard. Tully gets to win with a slingshot suplex. And then Wahoo attacks. Um, hey, Scott? Yeah. Um, doesn't this make everything Jimmy Garvin said about Wahoo being a coward look true? Pretty much. Okay. It makes it the gospel. Just saying that this makes the the uh, hills look like everything they say is true. I'm saying no. as an objective-minded viewer in 1986 and maybe not quite convinced that this is not real yet, it's it's as far as being scripted and preordained, don't bump and imply that it's fake. But anyways, don't want any, the remaining wrestling fans to unsubscribe. But yeah, if you're the guy that's not aware that this is a drama being played out. Uh, well, as a thinking, storyteller. Yeah. A, you start thinking to yourself, well, this Wahoo's doing exactly what Garvin says he is. What the hell? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know I, what to do. Just telling... As a simple fucking storyline, you're saying Wahoo's a coward, Wahoo won't face me, and then you win the match fair and square, and then as soon as your team wins, Wahoo attacks you from the fucking back. Okay, doesn't that mean that Wahoo's a fucking coward like you've been saying for weeks? And who's the fucking baby face here? Wahoo? I, I think I, that's a fucking heel I, turn. He, he was talking about whipping baby doll the week before. He was talking about yeah. beating her. So I hit a woman. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, David Crockett's back. Tony's happy about that. They already already know where next year's Crockett Cup's going to be at. These fuckers are just like WrestleMania now. <laughs> they already got a plan one year in advance. And out comes Jim Cornette. He's fucking fired up. He has a VCR cassette tape. One of the big black ones. That's fucking old school. And out and. He says that since Baby Doll is the star of all of his problems, he has a peace offering. And, and he has the Mama Cass workout tape for it. Didn't Mama Cass, wasn't she already dead at this point? <laughs> the fuck Didn't she die in like the 70s? Was that too soon? I mean, wow. Insulting the dead on national television. NWA, man, was like the original freaking uh, Attitude Era. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Cornette swore that he would unmask James Boyce. Yeah. Okay. Magnum TA versus Art Pritz. All right. I'm going to do a live play-by-play here. Pay attention so you don't miss anything. All right. Let's try not to. All right. Load up the network here. Okay. Both men circling around. Into the ropes. Magnum blocks the attack. Slingshot. Go to the belly. It's over. Holy shit, what a match. 
I can see yeah. why David Crockett is so fucking excited every match. Well, that was it. I like watching Magnum work when he's actually working. This shtick is getting old. I want his fucking contract. No shit. That was three fucking moves. Dude, they were banking on him hard for the future. There's no Collar and elbow tie-up. You hear him talk about it, like some of these old... Irish rip. Yeah. You hear some of these... I remember reading some of these older publications about wrestling, and they talked about how, you know, how he was going to be such a big deal. Dude, it, the writing's on the wall. If that's all you're making this guy do week in and week out, other than like the really big shows, this is the guy you're banking the future on. Just start thinking, man. We were going to, eventually, we would have had like the Flair Magnum TA feud and all that. So it's a shame. Five more months. Have an accident and lose his career, but at least he didn't die. So he yeah. still walk. <sighs> but yeah, this stick is old. Just walking out and just squashing so fast. He's the original Goldberg. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Rock and Roll Express promo. Well, a lot more talent and mic skills, but yeah, pretty much. Cut a promo on the horseman. And then the bully Ricky Morton makes a fat joke. Or Flair keeps coming out talking about Ricky Morton and all of his little teeny boppers. Ricky... Says uh, Flair, how Flair likes the big girls and all the double D's, and Flair likes the his women with uh, a full sweater and an empty head. Well, Ricky they're ran really, into they're really covering <laughs> all the bases. Yeah, well, <laughs> Ricky ran into one of Flair's big girls, but they're a little bit. Too big for him, and he pulls it out like this. Uh, what size underwear would you consider this? Uh, 54 in a men's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ain't fucking bloomers. Yeah. It's like, it's a little bit too big for me. So Ricky, the baby face, makes the fat joke. Yeah, and you got to think, how I many people were overweight in that audience were just like completely tuning him out at that point? Statistically, so, like probably 50%. <laughs> Fifty percent of your your wrestling audience. Yeah, I mean, shit, dude. They, I mean, we started this whole ordeal with Pistol Pez and the best black athlete comment, and it's just all devolved from down there. So, promo with Manny Fernandez. I couldn't hear a fucking word that Manny said. No. It was either mic horribly or the fans <laughs> are too loud. I love your notes, and then Jimmy came in yelling, "Willie, Willie." <laughs> <laughs> Willie Willie, and then he tried to let the uh, electric clippers make some noise, and I couldn't even hardly hear what they were doing. So, mm-hmm. on yeah, I got what he was trying to do, but that promo fell a little bit flat. Other than yeah. him coming in high and yelling "Willie Willie" like repeatedly. Ron Goffin versus Robert Burroughs. It happened. That was a match. Yeah, it's not one of those. Jim Cornette again. Um. Basically, he just he was there to introduce the Midnight Express. Midnight Express versus Rocky uh, Cronodal and Vern Deaton. Matt started off with Rocky Cronodal and 
it was like a young green own heart. This fucker was good. And he was, I think he, I think he started off against Bobby. I, I wonder if this guy is Don Cronodal's brother because this fucker was good. Yeah, I was a little shocked. I mean, he was getting fucking offense. It was awesome, considering the fact that the props never get any offense. Especially on the express. And then he tagged out to... see them sell a move. He, he tagged out to uh, Vernon Deaton, and that was it. God never tagged back out. I guess the Midnight figured, oh, fuck, we're done selling. And it was over. Midnight won up the rocket launcher. I wanted fucking Rocky back in there so we could get some matches, but no, it was just a fucking squash after that. Yeah, it turned into a squash pretty quick. I'm going to say that the um, the Road Warriors had a reputation for just basically beat, beating the shit out of people. And I want to say that the Midnight Express were just as bad. Yeah. They are rough, man. They just did it longer. Yeah. And they had the look. Promo with Tully and JJ. Basically, they were just talking about how Dusty is having the baby faces cheat to win, which is true. JJ and Manny Fernandez versus Brody Chase and Jerry Garman. It, it is what it was. Cheating to win and a flying burrito. You had a bash update. Bunch of music acts for country music. That is Don Colonel's brother. Oh, sweet. They teamed with uh they teamed together to feud with the Koloffs at some point. Huh. Hmm. Arn Anderson promo. Uh he basically said that you fuck with the horseman, you get fucked up. He called Ricky Morton the human scab. And he, and he Said that the uh, fourth horseman is coming back, so Oli will be back soon. The uh, Road Warriors versus Carl Styles and Ray Trailer. Baby Doll is out there for some reason. We don't know why. And they are starting to protect Ray Trailer. And he didn't take the pin, and he only took one fucking bump. That was it. So soon you will be getting Big Bubba Rogers. Uh, don't. No win, but it's going to happen soon. Jimmy Garvin versus Rocky King. Scott, what happened to your picture? You went all black. I did? Well, you had some color on your screen, but now you're black. I don't know, man. Um, I was reading about Rocky Cronodal. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, he he assists the Rock and Roll Express at Starcade '85. That's the only other thing I could find on him. My screen. Oh, oh there you are. Now, now you have light. Oh, oh, I know why. Because that page, someone used a black background with white text. Oh, it was an older page. No, must be a tripod.com page. Or, <clears throat> or something. Ring <clears throat> the damn bell. WordPress. There you go. <laughs> WordPress. Just got a shout out. Brah. Then you had um, Jimmy goes over Rocky. Promo with Jimmy. You know, he's got a tape too. Uh, same footage from earlier in, in the show. 
And after Wahoo attacks him, he takes Wahoo to the outside. And he did a fucking brain buster on a concrete to Wahoo. Yes. That's a big fucker to get up. And it was fucking violent as hell. It's a big fucker to take a brain buster on concrete. Period. Holy shit, Wahoo. Man, Cactus Jack salutes you too. (laughs) Malky's not quite impressed yet, though. No. (laughs) But he's getting there. Yeah, that was... I, I, I was sitting on the couch watching that one a little while ago, and when he hit that, I sat straight up. I was like, oh, my God. Because at first I thought he was trying to suplex him, and maybe he shanked it. Maybe he uh, messed the spot up, but no, he just did a brain buster. That's pretty that's awesome. Rough. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know how Wahoo took it. I mean, I know how he took it because he's a badass and he knows how to land, but still. <laughs> yeah. And the Russians went out there and beat the shit out of Bob Peters and Jim Dawson. Meh. Uh, wasn't anything special. No, never and then, Yeah. They, uh, the Russians come out there and again, it's la, 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 for a few <laughs> minutes. and But they want Magnum for an interview. And... Um, I'm looking at Paul's notes here because this is about all I got from it too. Nikita said something about the Red Warriors or he wanted to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like, Red Warriors! Rah, 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 rah. Couldn't understand a fucking word they were saying. So, I mean, yeah. I love, I actually love Ivan's promos, but you, you is, but him and Nikita, you can't understand, especially Nikita. Jesus Christ, you can't understand a word he's saying. Um, but that's just their promos. They're just, they're just hard, fast, and unintelligible. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's see. Baltimore's getting the Crockett Cup next year. Um, the promoter, Gary Juster, Juster, Juster. Gary Juster. Gary Juster. Yeah, he shakes hands like a bitch, apparently, according to Paul. Um, well, he does. Did you see him? He just kind of like. Maybe he just like touch people, dude. Yeah. Well, Gary I don't think he, he should have done like a sit and just did like a no, fist bump. Yeah. But, but back to the Russians. The Russians. Ivan had a good fucking point, though. He's like, how come you have all these flags from all of these countries, but you do not have the Russian flag hanging up? What the fuck is up with that? Yeah, I mean, how do you... Why? No wonder the Russians are so offended. They're not getting equal representation. <laughs> yeah. I love how it always steers towards this stuff. If I was them, I'd like be calling an EEO counselor or something. Especially since fucking Ted Turner's in charge of this shit. He's he's all about all these fucking countries. Yeah. Why not not reach out? Rock and Roll Express versus some fucking jobbers. Robert botched the fucking finish. Ricky goes for a double drop kick and Robert just goes like a fucking fucking fist. (laughs) Yeah. I am starting to find that I do not like the Rock and Roll Express anywhere near as much as I used to. We grew up. Yeah, no shit. I mean, nostalgia's there. They just don't work as well as the other people that's on screen, period. They are not they don't have, Express, are they? No, they don't have the talent these other teams have. They got over on... Being the good guys and an image. 
teeny they're bop. good. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they're nowhere near the level I thought they were because it had been it had been probably ten years since I'd watched the Rock and Roll Express do anything before we started this podcast. And I am just like, wow, these guys are super slow compared to what I remember. So they're not the young bucks, <laughs> that's for sure. No, they're not even the freaking rockers, man. So uh promo of Flair, style and profile, and he just talks shit. It wasn't one of his best promos. He just he was out there. Yeah, he was out there. He had a nice suit. That was a nice suit. Ugly tie, but a nice suit. Then a promo with the James boys. Yeah, it's, it's real funny how the James boys look and sound like Magnum and Dusty under a hood. You really think it's them? Uh, <laughs> however, there was a smart fan out there that yelled out, Take the mask off, you criminals. I love it. He sounds like Robin from a 1960s Batman comic. <laughs> Take the mask off, you criminals. I fucking love Hill fans. If that fucker had a podcast in 1986, <laughs> he would. Um, but you know what? Dusty kept going, and he told uh, Jim Cornette in the promo, you say that Baby Don knows who we are? Prove it. Break it out. Oh, out in the open and prove it. And, and prove it to the world. And the uh, the fan yelled out, Dusty Magnum. Dusty looked over and said, shut up before I come over there and slap your face, boy. Yeah. You know, I fucking love old school wrestling. None of this fucking stick to the script. Don't break away from the script. Yeah. Back, back. This is why fucking old school wrestling is way better than this fucking current wrestling bullshit oh yeah at he least went right off the rails it was awesome yeah he, he fucking gave it to the fucking <laughs> fucking fan and what's funnier is he probably meant it because <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a mask and he's like i can get away with this i can get away with this well he's the producer he's like fuck it i'm the booker i can do what the fuck i want yeah <laughs> i meant <laughs> The crowd not quite getting it because John Cena couldn't like, fucking do that shit. No. Well, there there was one recent episode of of um Raw where The Rock was on there, and The Rock went off script. He can get away with it because he's a fucking Rock. Because he had three guys in the front row, and they were one guy was dressed up like well, had a couple guys, and they were dressed up like one was dressed up like uh Hogan, Macho, and some other and the rock, I think. And they were getting a lot of reaction from the fans. So the rock said, Ugh. he's like, well, this is where the rock goes off script. And he fucking left the ring, went up there, started talking to the fans. And he's, he brought up, there's some good weed out here in Miami tonight. He can do that. But anybody else? No, Dusty can fucking do that shit. But, uh, just stick to the script. Here's your fucking lines. Go up there and fucking read them. This is so much fucking better. Just go out there. Here's some bulletin points. Go make shit up. So much better. What really wasn't That's better was... That's why it works better. Yeah. Barbarian versus Saska. Barbarian and Saska versus Mike Simani and Bill Malky. 
Not that much. Funny who who he's teaming with this week. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta say his brother's freaking laid up the hospital somewhere. (laughs) It was it was a match. He did spike one of them off the freaking post pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, baby doll Dusty Rhodes promo. Dusty flat out lying about James Boys. Baby doll threatened Jim Cornette, and Dusty talks shit about the Horseman, and because Ole is coming back. Then you had the Baron versus Tony Zane. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I went to sleep on this one. Yeah. In fact, I saw those two walk out there, I was like, oh my god, I'm not even giving this a chance. I think I went to the bathroom. And then you had um, Ivan and Magnum. Um, this was a pretty good encounter. Well, segment, yeah. Ivan tense. Yeah, Ivan tells Magnum if they want to have the chain match, there are some stipulations. They need to have a press conference on orders from the Kremlin, um, so the whole world can 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 in front of the whole world. Magnum seems to, seems cool with this as it is reasonable stip, stipulation. He seems taking it says like, all right, that seems cool. That seems reasonable. And then I even started talking shit that Magnum is an inferior athlete from an inferior country with inferior roles and inferior people. And then that's when Magnum let loose with his uh, Team America fuck yeah promo. And the show went off the air. Yeah, and I mean, he he got into, he got into it pretty hard. And, uh, like his he fucking was forehead changed colors. His, his forehead changed colors. He's flubbing his words. I mean, he was all over the place with it, but he got his point across. Crowd was eating it up. But, yeah, he was – I mean, it was like a Lex Luger TNA promo. <laughs> 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 it, just went, it just went off the fucking rails. Yeah, uh, he could he couldn't remember whatever it was he was trying to say a couple different times, but and then again the crowd was into it, so it didn't really matter. All right, well, that is it. So, um, we are on Twitter, as Chris Jericho would say, Twitter at Scott Paul Show. Um, that's it. Yeah. ScottandPaulShowGmail.com or, or you can talk to Scott at Razik at Twitter.com Later. Follow his ramblings. Talk to him about the Ninja Turtle porn. Give him his review. Uh, don't. <laughs> Ninja Turtle porn. Alright. Goodbye. Fine.